are important because they are meaningful and they are meaningful because they are memorable powerful and they personally connect us with each other in this podcast we take names faces hopes and dreams of people of all walks of life we are diverse with ages and races you will have the opportunity to hear these stories in their own words we believe your story and god's story will intersect with the stories of others god's story is revealed through scriptures Your story is revealed through experiences. Their story is revealed in life events. Our hope is that through this podcast, we will recognize that God uses every part of our stories, even the messy parts, to bring glory to himself, draw his children close, and call others into his family. This podcast is the perfect intersection between your story and God's story. We believe you will leave here inspired, encouraged, and challenge to share your story with the world. Welcome to the Scriptures and Stories podcast with your host, Rashawn Copeland. Hi, so my name is Ashley Sacco. I am from Guinea, um, West Africa. I was born in Ivory Coast, but I grew up in Guinea. Um, I live in Maryland now, in the United States. So this is, I guess, a short version of my testimony. So I was born into a Muslim family. I was Muslim. Um, I grew up in Guinea, as I said earlier. So I was in Islam, um, Muslim for almost most of my life, pretty much most of my life. But during that time, God had sent people into my life. Like looking back now, I see that he had to send people into my life to plant seeds. And so I remember having a best friend who was Christian. And I also had a cousin who was Christian. My mom was Christian, but I didn't live with my mom. My mom lived in Ivory Coast and I lived in Guinea. But I remember later on, she had given me this Bible that I had started reading because I always loved reading. Um, But yeah, back going backward again, um, that best friend that I had who was Christian, she invited me a lot to church so I went to church with her a lot um well not a lot but I would say like a good amount of time she would invite me and I would go I didn't really understand it but I just knew that I always liked it like whenever I would go I liked it like I loved the music I would sing the songs even though I didn't really understand them I would sing them when I was when I'll be home and stuff like that so I would go to the mosque on Fridays and I was learning the Quran and everything and then some Sundays I would go to church with my um best friend and um, it was like that for a while until I came to the United States when I was 10 years old. And when I came, funny things that my dad is Muslim and everything. And I met my dad when I was 10 years old. So I remember him always like being with Christian women. He's not Christian, but he always ends up with Christian women, which I found funny. But he, the lady he was with at that time, she wanted to take me to church. She, you know, I started going to church with her because I kind of had a background and going to church with my best friend back home so when she invited me I wanted to go I was like okay sure so I started going to church with her but my dad did not like that he blamed my mom for converting me I wasn't really converted I just went to church but he didn't understand that so he blamed my mom it was a whole thing 
and then um all of a sudden he got over it so i thank god that he he got over it because i have friends who have similar story as mine but different outcomes like they their dads may still not be okay with them being christian now they're being persecuted in their own homes so i'm grateful that my dad is now okay with me being christian um but anyway backwards again my dad was not okay with me being christian and so i mean i still kept going to church with my stepmom for a while until they like separated and we moved to another city we moved to another city i didn't really have anybody taking me to church so i i think i started claiming to be christian like not saying it aloud but like to myself i I've, i've always been i've always been fascinated with um the person of Jesus or the, the the like Christianity as a whole like the, the religion itself i remember reading the bible younger like being interested in the stories and all that good stuff and so fast forward to when we moved to the new city i started going to high school so i i started going to high school and from there on yeah things just spiral because i mean i wasn't going to church i didn't really have any christians around me honestly so it was just me and i was like 12 i think when i started high school i started high school really young i know that's because i started school early but anyway um i digress i started going to school um high school and just during those four years everything that you can possibly go through i went through not everything but almost everything um every sin you can think of i committed i was just like i guess i fell in with the wrong crowd you could say but it wasn't really their fault because i also wanted to explore so it was in high school that i lost my virginity it was in high school that i um started well i didn't really drink much but i remember my 18th birthday getting drunk just because i wanted to try it out um, i was in high school but after high school i started not started smoking but i tried weed or whatever but in high school i started stealing um stealing lying all these things just messing around with boys um Yeah, I just did not I didn't know my worth. I didn't know who I was, honestly. Um I was lost pretty much. And so I went through a series of just difficult things in high school and then I graduated, started college. I was still not saved and then I remember I had this friend um we both got saved around the same time and I definitely believe it was divine connection. She was God sent because we got saved around the same time and we really helped and encouraged each other in the faith to keep seeking God and to just keep each other aflame for God. Um so yeah, she would have these Bible studies and I would go and she would have these fellowships and I would go. So I'm really grateful for her coming into my life. But um going backwards again for a little bit. I got saved in my room. I I remember I went to church. I met this guy who in high school. I met him in high school and he started taking me to church. So we would go to church together. Like I went to that church for about 2 years and I was not saved. I don't remember what the sermons were about, but I remember I would go to church and I would still live my life of sin until one day in my bedroom I remembered I realized that I'm not saved. Like I didn't even know what that was or being born again or whatever. I think I was on Facebook and I saw this post about it and I went to this website and I said the prayer in my room and that was that was I guess that was the day that I got saved. But I didn't really know what it meant. So I just kept going back to my old life until I got pregnant um after I got pregnant I had an abortion which sent me to like a into like a depression I you know I was depressed and all that stuff and that's when I really took my faith seriously or that's when I really took God seriously and started seeking God for myself and then that's when I found me and that my friend that I was talking about earlier we met and we encouraged each other and we you know helped each other in the faith and you know so 
I started realizing who I was in God. So for me, the main thing that led me to, I guess, give my life to Christ and surrender and live for him was the love of God. The love of God really changed everything for me. Even now, I'm still learning more about the love of God, but just me realizing the love of God for me. Um, at that point in my life, it really changed everything around for me. I gave my life to God, and like all of a sudden, everything started breaking off. Like the lying, the stealing, the fornication, taking advantage of people. Um, all these different things started breaking off, and it wasn't even like I was trying. Most of them just fell off like that. And so after my abortion, me and my my boyfriend, we we were still um, sleeping together. We're still fornicating until I we decided that you know um, I think we we. We told each other that we wanted to wait. It was first my idea. I was like, yeah, I want to wait because I, I think I want to do things God's way. And I don't think this is what God wants us to do. So we started waiting. And it's now been four Well, we've been together for four years now. But we've been celibate for three years by the grace of God. And so um, from then on, I've, so I've been saved for about three years now. So from then on, I've just been persevering, just walking with the Lord, just learning to know him more, love him more, and loving people more. Um, as a result of that and so I guess that's a summary of my testimony so yeah start where you are and God will take you where you need to be and also my social media is the love addict the love and an addict instead of an I you replace it with a V so that's on all social medias um so yeah I'm so grateful that I got this opportunity to share my testimony so yeah God bless and I really pray that my testimony blesses someone Several years back when I first came to Christ, I remember being at a drill weekend, a military training weekend when I was a, around a ton of soldiers and a lot of those soldiers knew me as a believer, as a follower of Christ. Why? Because we had a, a, a crazy ungodly amount of downtime where we would just sit around and we would wait for the next thing, the next training, the next lunch period. Or, you know, we totally didn't have much to do. If you have a friend in the military, they may be able to uh, share with you a little bit about their experiences. Sometimes you go to these military trainings and there's nothing to do, right? So this specific day, I'm sitting at my desk. I'm an officer at this point, um, a medical service officer, and I'm in this room all along with another soldier. And as I'm sitting in my chair, I'm reading through scriptures. I believe it was Psalms uh, chapter 22, where David reveals Jesus uh, through the book of Psalms. And I, I, I truly know that God was speaking to me in that moment about so many things. And uh, out of nowhere, as I'm, you know, sort of having this great devotional time, this young man comes up to me and says, hey, what up? What up, Rashawn? I want to meet with you again. I want to meet with you again. And he's a sergeant. He was in the military for years on and years out. And, you know, um, and what I wanted to do is like I wanted to jump up and go serve him right then and there. You know, I didn't have anything else to do, but I felt this tug to like, you know, tell him, just give me a little bit of time because I felt like in the word that I was reading, the devotion uh, that I was reading would truly bless him. So I continued, you know, to reading and I told the guy, hey, I'll get right with you. Give me about five minutes. And I, I began to read that passage and I'm going to share with you a little bit about what God revealed to me 
and what he did through me in that circumstance. But here's what happened. I'll go over to meet with the young man and immediately as we're sitting down, he's sitting across from me. Uh, he begins to tell me all the things that is going on in his life, how he's been contemplating suicide. There's been uh, so much going on and he's just trying to keep everything right. He's just wanting to do everything right. He's just trying to do the right thing as a dad, do the right thing as a husband, do the right thing as a sergeant in the military, do the right thing at his job, his workplace outside in the civilian world. He wanted to do the right thing. But here, as I began to talk to him, I, I truly began to peel back the onion Hey, let's stop trying to do what's right and be perfect all the time. But let's talk about some of the deeper, darkest secrets right now that you may be struggling with, that I may be struggling with. So let's go from being right to being real. Come on, guys. Sometimes we need to stop with the trying to be right, trying to be perfect, trying to be closed off and make it seem like we present ourselves as this glittery, perfect individual. And we need to open up ourselves, acknowledge the areas that need to be healed by speaking what's hurting us, speaking what's going wrong with us. So I'm starting to speak to him. And immediately, immediately when I began to address, you know, some of the issues in my life, he begins to open up just a little bit more. But what I found out, what really uh, blew my mind and what I asked him, do you believe Jesus to be the Lord of your life? And he's looking intently at me, kind of snarky in a snarky way. And he abruptly gets up and he's walking out towards the door with a clenched teeth. Like he clenched his teeth. He twists the door handle and he was like, you ask Jesus if he's the Lord of my life. You ask him. And then I get up and I'm walking after him. He's walking down the hall. And I say again, is Jesus the Lord of your life? He looks back at me kind of mean, mean, like a fighting machine. And he says, you ask Jesus if he's the Lord of my life. He is getting upset. And we've had we've spoken about Jesus several times. So this is not like a random occasion that I'm asking, is Jesus the Lord of his life? But this is a guy who professed to be a Christian. And I was just simply asking him that question. But because he had unresolved anger, he continued to get more angry. But needless to say, we kept going back and forth and then he got to the door. And this is what happens. And then he walks down the stairs. He opens up the door. And then he walks down the stairs. And I'm like, bro, is Jesus the Lord of your life? He tells me, you need to ask Jesus if he's the Lord of my life. As I followed him down and we finally got outside, finally, I caught up to him. And I asked him again, bro, is Jesus the Lord of your life? And this time his face just, you know, goes blank for like two seconds and then a biggest like smile came on his face and he says, can we go back into your office? I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about what I've been struggling with Rashawn. And as I responded, sure, let's go and do it. We finally went back into the office and then he came up and he basically was saying, I'm fighting a battle in my mind that I cannot even comprehend right now. Then we sort of began to talk about his time as a soldier in the military and all the things that he went through. He's seen thousands of people die to uh, bullet wounds and, um, you know, just explosions, him being an infantry guy in the military. So he began to talk about all this stuff that no one had sat down and talked to him about up until the point I connected with him. 
It's like, where's a counselor or therapist when you need one? He was basically explaining no one had ears to hear what he was going through. No one actually wanted to talk to me about these things. So as we sat down, you know, he wanted to really say the things inside of him, he was afraid to let out of him uh, because he, he felt like, one, uh, he'd be judged. Or number two, what he felt is that that's saying some things are better left unsaid. So he was basically living by that creed. Like it's okay to hide your deepest and darkest secrets. It's okay not to be authentic about what you're truly walking through. So we just start having this deep conversation about why it's so much more important to be real over right. And also what the Bible talks about pertaining to that. But however, uh, what amazed me in that moment when he knew that it was a safe place for him to begin to speak, he began to speak. You know, he talked about all the problems, his uh, life that was plagued with problems. He talked about everything. It began to just pour out of him. This guy that was once not saying anything at all now has opened up and started saying everything, you know, and it was crazy to me how this guy's in a military uniform. And typically you think of this infantry, you know, leader, you know, a guy who's been overseas and he's a macho, macho man, you know, I want to be a macho man. You know what I'm saying? He's a guy who's seen war, you know, not necessarily seen the peaceful side of a lot of areas in life, but yet he wants to open up. There's tears flowing down his face in this uniform, hitting his, from his cheek to his shoulder, you know, down even in his lap, there was tears everywhere. And what I noticed, he began to share his problems, his moral failure, how he had cheated on his wife while he was overseas. And he's seen a buddy down there uh, take his own life. You know, he's seen a suicide while he was overseas and he was carrying carrying all these weights. But not only that, uh, several years before he joined the military, he was a part of the occult. And uh, he would read books that were dark and, you know, he would play with tarot cards and all these different things. So I didn't help uh, but to take his spiritual conflict back to, you know, that's where the darkness coming is coming from. That darkness is coming from the spiritual conflict uh, and all those other sources uh, that he were, was investing in and doing and his actions and, you know, the beliefs and behaviors from the past. So. That's what I began to think. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now, a message from a network supporter. This podcast is sponsored by Denison Ministries. Denison Ministries is a movement creating 7 million culture-changing Christians who are committed to carrying out the truths of the gospel to their sphere of influence through a variety of ways. Which is why Denison Ministries is excited about sponsoring what God is up to in the Scriptures and Stories podcast. One of the cool ways Denison Ministries helps Christians feel closer to God is through their First 15 devotional. First 15 is designed to help you spend 15 minutes, your first 15 minutes of your day experiencing God through meaningful devotional scripture, worship, and prayer. Grow closer to God this new year. You can sign up for First 15 email devotionals sent directly to you every single day through your inbox at first15.org slash subscribe. To start your day off with First 15 devotional, 
podcast anywhere you listen. Let's go. And then we began to talk about his family, his family. And he described how his father was a a wealthy, wealthy lawyer, but his father had divorced his mom and run off with a young lady who just finished college. And because of that, all these years, his dad and his mom basically split out of nowhere as he had first started his journey walking with Christ and his his mother and the rest of the family members would oftentimes, you know, as his dad was already gone, he would be in rooms where all his other family members would be in there talking and arguing and saying all these different things to one another. It was no love in that house. It was only hatred and frustration that would boil up and He was trying to keep himself all the way together, even back then, by being that strong, Christian, value-driven voice in the house. He wanted to be that voice of Jesus around his loved ones to be a good witness. So he determined to be a loving person, a reconciler between his family members. And over time, by holding all his pain in, trying to look good on the outside for his family members, He's found himself in a place where he was getting ripped apart, torn apart into shreds emotionally, and he kept silent for a little bit too long. Silence can be dangerous if it's not dealt with accordingly. You know, solitude and silence are okay when we speak to God, you know, from the deep recesses of our heart. When the Spirit is interceding for us, it's okay to be silent, but Silence becomes violent when we hold things in that we are never supposed to hold on to. So the two passages of scriptures, I share with you the story of today, and I want to really think about each and every one of you in this moment. Many of you are in similar scenarios right now. Maybe your life is fast paced and changing right now as we speak. Your marriage is going down, you know, the drain, everything else, you know, is killing your calling. There's toxic people around you. The culture is telling you to look to Facebook to be your face and make it seem as if everything's great. But God is telling you right now with your problem plagued life, come to him. Uh, The first uh, verse I want to share with you guys about, which is significant, uh, that I shared with my uh, young friend that day uh, when we were at military training. But I want to speak this. This is our verse of the day. The first one is Ephesians chapter 26, verse 27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun come down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. See, my friend back then had so much unresolved anger. Today, how much unresolved anger do you have in your heart? Towards your father, which he had towards his father, but towards your mother, towards a friend, towards an enemy. What are you holding on to that you have failed to confess to God and that you have failed to allow him to deal with within you? Uh, Because understand that repressing anger Instead of confronting it, we give the devil a foothold. When we repress anger, instead of confronting our anger, we give the devil an opportunity. We give him a foothold, which literally means a place in our lives, a place in our lives. And that's what happened to my friend. He gave the enemy a place in his life. 
Uh, the second passage is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 through 8. Here's what's so important, guys. Sometimes we need to bring our problem-plagued life to the prayer room, to the throne room, to the war room, to the secret place, whatever you'd like to call it. But scripture is clear when it says, cast all your cares and your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Everybody say, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Instead of casting our anxieties on other people, we need to go to God with our anxieties. And instead of casting our cares and anxieties on our dad silently in our heads because we're mad at him, we need to jump in the arms of our loving Heavenly Father instead of holding on to the bitterness that's entangling us. It's important that we don't allow those toxins to build up within our heart because, guys, we'll become a toxic person that affects every single environment that we step in for in a negative light, in a negative way. And I love, I love, I love what Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 says about our call to holiness. Guys, we all have a call to holiness. And I want to read this really fast. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15. I'll start with 14 actually. It says, pursue peace with all men as well as holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. And check out verse number 15. How, who will see the Lord? No one will see the Lord unless we pursue holiness. But check this out. It says, be careful that no one falls short of the grace of God so that no root of bitterness will spring up to cause trouble and defile many. Guys, the first thing that happens whenever we fall short of the grace of God because we allow a, a root of bitterness in our heart because that relationship messed up or because we've been looking at our loved one in a negative light or we've been constantly thinking about you know how they hurt us and what they did to me. Guys, we can get bitter or better. If we allow the bitter root to, to spring up in our heart, it will cause us to trouble people, not only around us, but people uh, that are around us will also affect those who are around them. Guys, I'm telling you, there's no quicker way the enemy tries to you know, destroy our relationships with our family members and our loved ones and their loved ones and so on and so on. There's no greater way than allowing bitterness in our heart. It literally kills everyone around us and also ourselves. So, guys, we need to be so caught up in the grace of God. I love what 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 says, As God's fellow workers, then we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. Keep in mind, guys, that we need to be walking in purity. Our hearts should be so caught up in what God has done through us through Jesus that we will just taste and see the grace of God. How God was graceful in our life, we can extend it to others. So, my friends, if you find yourself in a similar season or similar circumstance in life right now where you're trying to cover yourself up, like my good buddy in the military day, he tried to cover up his shame, his guilt, his problems, his pains, you know, the issues of life. That brokenness, guys, is what Christ came to die for. He came to die and take up all that brokenness. 
Jesus said it is finished. And guys, he meant it. He meant it. Today, listen to me. Listen to me. This is what you need to do. Humble yourself before God. Cast your cares and anxieties upon him who loves you and cares for you. Your good heavenly father. That's what he's here for. He's here to take that yoke and give you a yoke that's light and easy where you can find rest for your souls today. My friend tried to spiritually cover him up, but not by being emotionally honest. My buddy became spiritually vulnerable. We don't want to become vulnerable to the enemy and his lies where he can attack us. Guys, whatever is not covered in prayer is vulnerable, and that's where the enemy will attack. So in the face of our unresolved feelings towards our fathers, towards our family members who have hurt us, we need to confidently face that giant and be like, yeah, giant, you big, but you're not bigger than my God. Yeah, giant, you're big, but you're not bigger than my God. Guys, I want you to keep this in mind as we close out on this episode, which I'm going to enter into our prayer session. But it's Jesus promise to you, the promise that you would live a life of victory. That's his promise. He said you will live an abundant life. Uh, in John chapter 8, verse 32, it says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Guys, what keeps us from living and walking in the joy of the Lord are the powers of darkness that attack us daily. However, however, I want to remind you today that you have victory over your darkness and you can have the power through the power of the Holy Spirit to conquer each and every one of your problems today through prayer and through leaning onto God, not onto your own understanding but acknowledging him in all your ways, and he'll make your path straight. The last six things that I want you to take away right now is realize the power of your identity in Christ. That's number one. Number two is free yourself from the burdens of your past. Number three is stand against the spiritual forces of this world. Number four, win the battle of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, guys. Number five, become the spiritual person you want to be by growing closer to the one who called you to be it. Number six, discover the truth about God's view of you. Come on, see yourself in the eyes of God through what his son Jesus Christ did in you and through you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So Father God, I just thank you for this amazing time that we got to spend pressing into your word. Lord, we know there's countless people out there who want to find genuine freedom in you. So Lord, please, Lord, give us a heart to know you more. Lord, help us to obey you even when it's tough, even when people won't speak your name or they're compromising what's true for the lies of this world. Lord, we want to stand as a people on the firm ground that will never be shaken. God, build our house upon a rock that is higher than I. And I, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will cover each and every person that is underneath the sound of my voice, that they would understand how good you are regardless of how bad their life is in this season. Lord, we trust in you with all of our hearts, all of our minds, all of our soul, and all of our strength. May we not lean onto our own understanding, 
but look to you for wisdom in all our ways. Help us acknowledge you, for you will make our path straight, and we will continue to walk by faith, not by sight. You are worthy of our obedience, God. We love you. Heal us from those things that are breaking us apart, tearing us apart, and we give you the glory and praise in your glorious son's name, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Scriptures and Stories podcast. Guys, whatever you do today, whatever you do this week, matter of fact, don't even worry about this week, worry about today. Walk in wisdom, glorify God in all that you do, word, deed, and action, and love your neighbors. you love yourself. Love people really well. Be encouraged. I'm so grateful that we got to knock out another week, another episode. Send this to a loved one, a family member, a friend. Share this episode on your social media. I would love to see it in your story or any of your platforms. Uh, It's truly encouraging uh, just to know what God's doing through uh, this Scriptures and Stories podcast. If you have a story, please send it over. Uh, We would love to have your story featured. Have a blessed one, guys. I love you. I pray that you continue to seek the Lord with all of your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. Because whatever we do, if it ain't for God and with him, it's in vain. All right. Love you all. Talk soon. Peace. for listening to Scriptures and Stories with Rashawn Copeland. For more information about this show, visit ConvergePodcastNetwork.com. is part of the Converge Podcast Network. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.